Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recording. To the Batmobile. Are you watching Star Trek? We would be honored if you would join us. Please proceed with extreme caution. Now, Geek Universe, the weekly show on sci-fi and superheroes, fantasy and horror, and much more. Importing preferences and calibrating virtual environments. I bet my Wookiee. Are you insane? Here he is, the only talk show host who doesn't believe in the no-win scenario, your host for Geek Universe, Jim Yelton. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to another Geek Universe here at the St. Louis Science Center for First Friday, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Man, I, I always love that. Uh, you guys, by virtue of being here, were not here uh, earlier in the IMAX theater when I introduced the 7 o'clock screening of The Last Jedi and uh, let everybody know that it was extremely busy here I loved seeing all of the crowds. I loved seeing all of the cosplayers. I did not like the fact that I had to park all the way on the far end of the parking lot. It's extremely cold, and I let everybody know that, um, unfortunately, the Science Center was going to have a live Tauntaun exhibit here, but it was so cold that some people in the parking lot cut it open and climbed into it to stay warm. That is the extent of the Star Wars jokes that you're going to get from me tonight. Uh, we are here to talk all things Jedi, but mostly uh, the the new movie. And joining us here tonight to talk about that uh, are people who have been on the show before. Dan, I, I think if, if Dan Yesbeck's on the show anymore... Uh, we're going to have to get him a permanent co-host <laughs> chair. Dr. Dan Yesbeck is here from St. Louis Community College. Uh, Dan, Dan has been on our Firefly show. Uh, what else? Harry, uh, we talked about Hunger Games with Dan. Dan's going to be here next month with us to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Black Panther. Not, not, not to get into that discussion, but that movie looks amazing. So I can't wait for next month. Uh, also on the panel tonight uh, is somebody who is a a not only a self proclaimed Star Wars fan, but this dude actually won a contest as one of the biggest Star Wars fans in all of St. Louis. The uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch a couple of years ago had a contest, and Jason Shepard is one of the winners. He was on uh, two years ago during our Star Wars holiday special. Uh, not to be confused with the holiday special, uh, just our holiday special. Uh, we talked all things Force Awakens with Jason, and now he is back to talk uh, The Last Jedi. So please welcome Jason Shepard to the show. So we were talking a little bit before uh, Jenny introduced us. Uh, you guys are, are both kind of thumbs up about this. Let, let's get a temperature of the crowd. How many of you guys have seen... The Last Jedi, most of you, almost all of you, okay. Uh, how many of you have not? Man, we can't talk about who Ray's parents are. Okay, um, no, I'm just joking. We are going to totally spoil the movie for you guys. Uh, liked it? Those of you who saw it, thumbs up, thumbs down? 
because this is a very divisive movie with fandom. Uh, and, and I was saying, I don't understand it. Uh, what did you, what were your initial feelings about it? The first time you saw it, Dan, I mean, uh, well, I, I gotta say I was, uh, uh, I was there with my wife and both kids. So I was kind of monitoring to make sure they were all very happy. And I was absolutely delighted with it. I thought it was full of new surprises and exciting new things that just kept this, this wonderful sort of franchise going in a new, interesting way. I also thought it could have been 15 minutes shorter. Um, uh, and I can tell you exactly which 15 minutes, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> but I, I, I really, I, I'm, I, I'm like you, Jim. We were talking before this, and uh, it's just a lot of the backlash and a lot of the sort of reactionary, risk. it's not my Star Wars. Of course it's not your Star Wars. Your Star Wars was 50 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's time for these things to change. Don't, don't make everybody feel old. I mean, for a story to work, a story world to function, it needs to evolve. It needs to expand. We we have to have new characters develop. We have to have new conflicts develop. We have to get rid of some of the old calcified stuff. And I thought the film really did that in a really raucous, fun, and particularly divisive way, which is what makes it fun. We're all sitting here talking about it now. Uh, so I really, really thought I it was it it it. it it was definitely two big thumbs ups for me, uh, although one thumb could have been a little bit shorter. Otherwise, it was good. <laughs> Jason, what did you think uh, about it? Well, the, I saw it twice the first weekend. Um, loved it both times. I uh, went with coworkers the first time. Uh, we all work in the same industry, obviously, uh, video production, and not that that would have anything to do with what we thought, but everybody has their own opinion. Uh, when we walked out, I said, so what'd you think? And everybody was like, oh yeah, that was great. It was, it was really exciting. Uh, personally, when I was sitting there, I thought it was great all the way through. Uh, even the things that I thought would be cringeworthy were not that bad. Um, it wasn't, yeah, I, I don't want to get too specific. Porgs. Porgs, yeah. yeah. We, we all know. Yeah. Uh, you can say it. You can say it, Porgs. It quite delicious, though. Um, you do leave the theater wondering what they taste like. Chicken. That's chicken. Uh, and then the, over the weekend, I saw it with a really good friend of mine who is also a filmmaker. And so his opinion really mattered to me because... That's what he he does for a living. He he assembles movies and he's writing and and um, he loved it. He 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 liked the Force Awakens too, and I did too. But but when I heard his opinion, it it really um, it really kind of struck me because I thought, well, he's one of these guys. He's very uh, he studies film and and he's done his own thing. So you would think that he would have a like kind of a snobbish opinion of it. No, he was he loved it. So that really meant a lot. And then another friend of mine who's also a filmmaker, he loved it too. And he, his opinion, I thought he was just a hater straight out. He he doesn't like some of his own projects. So, uh, but anyway, he was he loved it. Uh, I'd say of, uh, out of all the people that I directly have talked to, they've loved it. I've only had one person who's kind of indirectly talked to me who said they didn't like it and their opinion didn't matter so because <laughs> they were wrong uh one of the things that we do on the show when when we talk about 
relatively new movies is I try to wait until it's been out for three or four weeks. That way, the listening audience who is listening to this uh, on our various affiliates around the country will have had a chance to have seen the movie, and we don't have to worry about too many spoilers. For the four of you that are here tonight that haven't seen the movie, we will try and dance around spoilers as much as possible. Uh, We won't tell you who Ray's parents are. Uh, We won't tell you about... Luke milking strange creatures <laughs> we already told to, him to get blue milk. Um, we already told him what the porks taste like, though. We I did tell you how, what the porks taste like. Change, I did find that cringeworthy. Yeah, <laughs> was, at least he didn't take it straight from the tap. That's all I'm saying. At least you know where blue milk comes from now. Um, I got to tell you, I loved this movie. And loved it a lot more than I was expecting because there were so many... I don't want to say twists because they were just plot points. It wasn't like it was this crazy thing that came out of nowhere. There was a reason why it happened in the story, but there were a lot of things that happened that I thought were really smart things that Ryan Johnson as the writer director, you know, choices he made for the story that I wouldn't have thought I would see in a star Wars movie. I mean, it, it is not a paint by number star Wars movie by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, we talked earlier before the show started about force awakens and, you know, JJ Abrams. I love JJ. I mean, he's, he's very good at what he does, but what JJ does is make really good other people's movies. So he's, he's making a, he, he makes really good Steven Spielberg movies and he made a really good star Wars movie with force awakens, but it wasn't a JJ Abrams movie. He, by any stretch, he was, he was totally aping everything about star Wars. That was great. And, and putting it into one movie, Ryan Johnson, on the other hand, I think approached this assignment not wanting to do that and and wanting to take it a step beyond what he loved about these movies and there are some missteps i mean i'm not going to sit here and say it's a perfect movie uh there's a lot that i would have done differently but the stuff that he gets right is so right and what he does to advance character in this movie uh i i think all of the characters that I loved in Force Awakens, I love even more in this movie. Uh, some of them for good reasons and some of them for bad. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like uh, how Poe Dameron's portrayed in this movie, and I, I think it's very within his character how he's portrayed. We just you, you get to a point where you have to decide, just because he's a hero, is he supposed to be likable all the time? I mean, is it not possible that people can make mistakes? And I think that's the big theme of this whole movie is that heroes make mistakes. And I I love that Ryan Johnson had the guts to point out the flaws of people that we've considered heroes 
for our entire lives, basically. You're listening to Geek Universe and our last Jedi First Friday live show that we did at the St. Louis Science Center here recently. I'm Jim Yelton. We'll be back with our guests, Jason Shepard and Dr. Dan Yesbick for more Last Jedi Star Wars conversation. But you know, you don't have to come to one of our live shows to enjoy all of the fun and excitement from the live shows because we are bringing the live show experience to you and giving you the chance to play Trivia Thunderdome. Go to our website, geekuniverseshow.com, and look for the Trivia Thunderdome tab on the menu. Click on that, and you will be able to give us your information and register to be a part of the upcoming Trivia Thunderdome on the radio, where you will have a chance to win some really cool prizes and have some fun proving that you are the king or queen of the Trivia Thunderdome. All the info's at our website, geekuniverseshow.com. Stay tuned. We've got more from the Star Wars First Friday event at the St. Louis Science Center. You're listening to Geek Universe. Hi, this is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117, and you're listening to Geek Universe with Jim Yelton. Finish the fight. Chief out. Get ready for more Geek Universe. I'm not my Star Destroyer once again, here's Jim Yelton. Welcome back to this week's episode of Geek Universe. I'm your host, Jim Yelton, and we are bringing you portions of our live show that we did at the St. Louis Science Center for their January 1st Friday, where we talked about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and why Rogue One is my new favorite Star Wars movie. We were joined by Jason Shepard, who is... Uh, Proclaimed by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch as one of the biggest Star Wars fans in St. Louis, and we were also joined by our frequent friend of the show and guest, Dr. Dan Yesbeck from St. Louis Community College. So let's jump right back into the conversation with Jason and Dan. It was funny because as much as I love her as a character, Leia has flaws, and it's it's funny to go back and look at it and, and see those flaws and Luke definitely has flaws. Han Solo is a very flawed character. And why do we give these people passes? And yet the newer characters come along and it's like, they're not allowed the same ability to be flawed, imperfect characters. You know, we, we are demanding more of them than we demanded of the characters from the original trilogy that we love passionately. So I, I just, I, I feel like, Ryan Johnson did his job as a writer and as a director to advance all of the characters for me in a way that worked. What do you guys think? Um, I, I, I actually love the way you put it. I think you put it really, really well. And the, one of the things I love about this movie, even though it's a little awkward in places and a little long and what Mary Poppins is doing in there in space, I don't know. Um, if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean. But what I really like is that there's this old... Um, old uh, Hollywood screenwriting rule and they say if, if, if you want to make money you give people what they're expecting and what they want which is what we do when we watch every sitcom we know we're going to get the same jokes every week and that's comforting to us and we like it if you want to make money you give people what they think they want if you want to make magic you give them what they didn't know they needed 
And I love that this movie, every time it looks like it's going to get derivative, like it's going to get into the homage and, and the J.J. Abrams material, it just completely flips over. Like how we get on the gambling planet with the warm-blooded uh, uh, bouncy creature things, who knows how that happens. All of a sudden we're there with two characters we don't know a heck of a lot about. And it's fun. And we're not really sure that it fits the well-timed, well-structured Star Wars film, but it's great. And every time we think that a traditional character is going to come in and save the day, all of a sudden there's Rose, who comes out of nowhere who for me steals the movie are there rose fans here i mean she's she's she she just walks in and says the script is mine thank you we'll see you later uh if, if you don't like it i'm sorry but i'm cooler than anything else and uh there's moments like that that are just really really exciting and every we think we're going to have the big climactic battle which does not go anywhere near where we think it's going to go uh it is still a battle but not the one we're expecting and it's giving us things we didn't know we really needed and it's changing things around in a really interesting way and it's re, it's it's uh it's creating a new mythology out of the old one and that's what I really liked about this the many 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 surprises that show up in there um, uh, I could have done without the surprise of the blue milk but otherwise <laughs> I also thought uh, Ryan Johnson said that the reason why some characters aren't in the movie that much is he had nothing for them to do and I respect that that he didn't utilize some characters the way you think he would he just never had that concern, did he? No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that, and and my other, the other opinion I have, and this is towards the the people who absolutely hated the movie and said that their childhood was ruined. Um, it's like when you buy a house and they sell that property behind you, and it's ruined your view. Well, you you didn't own that. You don't own you don't own Star Wars just because you bought some toys or some books. So somebody else, you know, told those stories, those, the, especially the things that they're calling legends now, the books. Um, somebody else told those stories, and, and, and while they were uh, interesting, I tried listening to an audio book of one of the, and it was horrible. It was, I had to shut it off. It was, the names were convoluted and everything, and I was like, this is stuff that Lucasfilm signed off on at one point. So, um, but with with these movies, the fact that they are willing to take risks, um, the fact that uh, they must have liked what Ryan Johnson did because now he's going to have three more movies to make, I I think that's interesting, uh, especially when you consider that he's talking about another corner of the galaxy and it doesn't involve the Skywalker blood, so it should be that much uh, more entertaining. I, I would think, uh, not to have your hands tied to these characters. Um, That's really well put. That's exactly what you want to do. Yeah. I, I think that when you have Luke, and you have Mark Hamill slipped, and he said, well, I, he, he did things with my character that I didn't agree with. It's like, well, uh, do what uh, William Shatner did and write three more books about yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or come up with your own character, Tech War, or whatever. Um not that those are bad. I'm not bad-mouthing William Shatner. But uh, Mark Hamill's a, t- a talented actor, and the fact that he's not u- used a lot throughout the years, that's just kind of, other than voice work, that's just that's a shame. I think he did a really good job in this movie. Um, I said after Force Awakens that I would not be surprised if Harrison Ford got an Oscar nomination. Because, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that people his age get Oscar nominations for. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, it, it's it's a great role. It's him revisiting a character he he's played before. And it's kind of that, 
you know, almost lifetime achievement Oscar. Mark Hamill's performance in Last Jedi is better than Harrison Ford in Force Awakens, and it blew me away. But I, I agree with you. It, I thought it was funny when those comments came out that he said when he first read it that he didn't agree with what Ryan Johnson was doing. He didn't like the direction they were taking Luke, and and you know he just he had problems with it. And I thought to myself dude, you're like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, you played the part in three movies, but you're like the rest of us. I mean, you haven't had anything else except for all the, you know, peripheral stuff since those original three movies. So for you to, to lay claim to knowing better than anybody else, the direction that Luke's life would have taken after return of the Jedi just seems a little presumptuous and I, th I think he regrets those initial comments getting out because I think the way he feels about it now was that it was just an initial gut feeling. And the more he thought about it, the more he bought into what Ryan Johnson was trying to do with the character. Well, somebody had stated that they felt like Luke just gave up. <laughs> like in the, in the movie, like his history, he had given up. And, and the special. Yeah, if they were, if you would say, go back and say in A New Hope that Obi Wan gave up when he let Vader strike him down, that's the equivalent of what they're saying. And that is not what everybody has thought all this time. Oh man, Obi Wan, he he just gave up. He just let him strike him down. I don't know, understand why he did that. That's what it would sound like if people were criticizing that scene. But they're saying that same thing about Luke. And I, I really don't. Well, and I, th I think they're missing the whole point of what he did mm -hmm. and the, the sacrifices that were made at the end of the movie by a number of people for the greater good of this resistance turning into a rebellion, mm -hmm. which is what it needed to be. And, you know, it's funny because I made the comment uh, before Jenny introduced us that uh, Jason said he was doing research last night. And I said, my research for this panel was I watched Rogue One again last night. And at first it was just a funny flipping comment. But the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, like Rogue One to me was a, a, a great parallel to this because... Rogue One is essentially about the the beginning of the Rebel Alliance. Even though there were things going on and they were making preparations, they really hadn't struck a blow against the Emperor until the the mission to Scarif and the, and to try and find the plans to the Death Star. You know, nobody was being proactive. And this was kind of the same thing where you've got a lot of people who are being beaten down and beaten down and they feel like there's no hope and they needed somebody to show them that there was. I think that's well said. The other thing I really, that I think you touched on really well is, it, I like what you were saying about how, uh, well, it ruined my childhood, right? Well, if a multi-million dollar 
tiny little segment of a huge international franchise ruined your childhood, I'm worried more about your adulthood than I am anything <laughs> else because that means that something is desperately missing. But the other thing that I think what you just talked about, especially with Rogue One, and everyone loves Rogue One, right? Is, yeah. I, I have never met anybody who does not love Rogue One. I guess maybe, I should have asked maybe, how many people have seen Rogue One because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, right. Maybe, okay, everybody could. Maybe they don't talk to me if they don't like it, but I, 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 think, I think it's the best Star Wars movie ever. I really do. That's Spoiler alert, they do get the plans to the Death Star. Just... <laughs> You have no shame. <laughs> I'm waiting for the sequel, though. <laughs> Please don't even don't even give it the suggestion. I'm Jim Yelton, and our guests this week are Dan Yesbeck and Jason Shepard. We are talking Star Wars: The Last Jedi and Beyond from our recent First Friday appearance at the St. Louis Science Center. We'll have more with Jason, Dan, and the crowd at the Science Center coming up. You're listening to Geek Universe. Just what you've been waiting for. Oh, goody! My Illudium Q36 Explosive Space Modulator. Nope. It's more of Geek Universe with your host, Jim Yelton. Welcome back to this week's Geek Universe. I'm your host, Jim Yelton. And we are bringing you portions of our live show that we did just a few weeks ago at the January 1st Friday at the St. Louis Science Center, where we talked Star Wars, The Last Jedi, with our great guests, Jason Shepard and Dr. Dan Yazbek. And speaking of a galaxy far, far away, if you have not gone to our website lately, geekuniverseshow.com is the place, go check it out because you're going to see... Uh, our shameless merchandising department has come up with some uh, really cool t-shirts. If you happen to be a galactic smuggler, you need a to-do list to make sure that you get everything done throughout the day. Well, we've got a to-do list for everyone's favorite galactic smuggler. And we've got a t-shirt for those of you who maybe were one of the rebel pilots that didn't get recognition for helping to destroy the Death Star. We've got more really cool t-shirts on the way, but go check those two out. They're not going to be on the website too much longer. And if you've got a Star Wars fan in your life, these are official Geek Universe merchandise that you can't get anywhere else, and they're pretty darn funny. So go check it out, geekuniverseshow.com. In the meantime, let's get back to the fun and shenanigans of the St. Louis Science Center's First Friday with Jason Shepard, Dan Yesbeck, and me, Talking The Last Jedi. The thing I love about these new new films is that Star Wars was wonderful always, really, except for that middle bit that we don't talk about too often. But, you know, um, Star Wars was really, it was traditional science fiction largely based in masculine contexts of conflict. You had men, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Ben Kenobi, and a strong woman here or there. That's not what it is anymore. Now it's strong women taking over from men. Jen Erso, Rey, who might be the great hero of our time. She just might be. I don't know if it's the character or it's Daisy Ridley's talent or both put together, but she blows everyone off the screen the minute she shows up. I feel bad for Kylo Ren, not because he's twisted and concerned and Han Solo's desperate, messed up child, right? I feel bad because he's got to act against Daisy Ridley. It's just, <laughs> all she has to do is turn her lip a little bit and everyone else on the screen doesn't matter. She's got so much presence. But And then, of course, we've seen uh, Carrie Fisher's character develop into... She, I mean, she, she was there as sort of this fast-talking, 
powerful woman rip, ripped out of the um, uh, screwball comedies of the 40s, right? Telling all the men off here. It's pretty short for a stormtrooper, stuff like that. But she turns into this regal, powerful general who controls the controls the world, the fates of the world. And she watches her whole world blow up and she becomes this incredible martyred character. So she becomes kind of the template for all of these other uh, woman heroes that I don't know about you, but I think the world desperately needs. Uh, and they make me feel a lot better about being a Star Wars person because these characters are so healthy and strong and rich and uh, and witty. They have the best lines, right? They really do. And, and they and the men become the straight men, right? Um, and and it's 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 just really delightful to watch. So. I was kind of surprised at some of the criticism. Uh, being leveled towards the the idea that the the characters that we all know and love from the original trilogy uh, getting older and being in a place where they're more or less defeated and everything they went through in the original trilogy ended up not being a, a good payoff, I guess. That they they've led lives that have been tragic since the end of Return of the Jedi. And I kind of look at it like, well, isn't that like the essence of drama? Like, I didn't want The Force Awakens to start off with bright, shiny, everybody's living happily ever after. Like, that's not what dramatic conflict comes from. And I I liked the idea in The Force Awakens that Han and Leia hadn't seen each other for, for uh, quite a while. And that, you know, I, I think we're expecting them to have made choices that were better over the intervening years. And, you know, what Han Solo did after Ben went crazy is exactly what Han Solo would do. What Leia did is exactly what Leia would do. What Luke did is exactly what Luke Skywalker would have done. They all blamed each other. They were not there for each other. They they were never a merry band of rebels. Right. Well, they 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 all they all did what they would would have done. They they were the characters that we grew up with, and they made the choices they should have made. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I want to get back to Rose for just a second because Please. I don't think we can talk enough about Rose. In in The Force Awakens, uh, and I think, Jason, we talked about this during the Star Wars Holiday Special, uh, talking about The Force Awakens. Please stop using those words. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to make it mean better thing, something better. Yeah, uh, when we talked about The Force Awakens, I have this theory about Kylo Ren, that Kylo Ren is representative of a lot of us as fans, especially in The Force Awakens, that he is such a Darth Vader junkie, and he he wants to be Darth Vader, but he's like that cosplayer that starts putting their Darth Vader costume together, and then they're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to make my helmet cooler looking, so I'm going to do this and this, and starts working on their lightsaber, and they're like, but wait, what if I put a cross guard on it, and what if I did this and this? So... He's constantly trying to be something that he's not good at. And he's he's fighting against his better self. 
because he thinks this is what he's supposed to be. And, and he just likes Darth Vader so gosh darn much that he's willing to go down that path until he figures out how to do it right. Rose, on the other hand, I think is, is like the other part of the fan base that doesn't go whole hog into the cosplaying and just loving a character, you know, beyond normal thought, but they just, she loves being around the people on the ship and then the base. And she's just, she's glad to do her part and she just likes being a contributor, but she doesn't see herself as being anything all that great. I I would say that Rose is more of a, she, she, there's a lot of hero worship. She even addresses that in the movie. But if you think of, like you were talking about Kylo Ren, uh, he had no mentors. I mean, he did, and we saw what happened with that. His, his one mentor tried to, you know, do him in, you know. So he had to grow up with that. And the, the mentors that are the people, I wouldn't say mentors, but the people who are... Uh, molding him are not doing it uh, to to his benefit. They're using him, just like Darth Vader was used by the Emperor. You know that's. Uh, but Rose is is true hero worship. Uh, it's like that's a very good uh, example that you used. It's she's like the cosplayer that created her own character, and that character is better than anything that's appeared in the movie. <laughs> and and I love that they they paired her up with Finn, who doesn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> like any any opportunity where there's any sort of issue or problem, his initial thought is I've got to get out of here. I, I didn't know if that was acting. I thought John John Boyega was done. Like, <laughs> like why am I still here? I want to do other movies. Cuz he looked really Did annoying. I really sign a three picture deal? Gosh. <laughs> I I I really like your uh uh cosplay metaphor as well because this made me start thinking how many times in the force awakens and the last jedi do people ask kylo ren to take the stupid helmet off like everybody asks him over and over again his mentor asks him she asks him uh what's his name the pilot he asks him everyone says i can't hear the the helmet on but he's he's using cosplay as kind of a defense because he's so insecure and he wants to be the teacher right he's like you need a teacher ray never ever needs a teacher she doesn't even really need luke i don't think she's just tough on her own so the yeah. Spanish teacher that's right French. yeah that's right. <laughs> exactly right and he knows it he's so insecure about it and that's the problem and then I think you're right Rose is just she's like well I'll put this on and this on and this on but she she has the hero worship but she is a hero like yeah. she would sacrifice herself in seconds and she tries to a couple times so there's so many wonderful things about the different types of heroism that it's dealing with and you're right it has to do with costume uh I, I think and that helmet is ridiculous. Oh, it is. It, there's no reason for him to have it. It sounds worse than Bane. Yeah. It does sound worse than Bane, yeah. Oh, gosh. You're listening to Geek Universe. I'm Jim Yelton, and we are going to wrap things up after the break with one of our world famous Q&As from the first Fridays. This one was pretty cool. I liked the interaction that we had with the audience, and we'll bring you a couple of those coming up right here on Geek Universe. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. You're listening to my favorite show, Geek Universe. You're listening to Geek Universe. Once again, here's Jim Yelton. Welcome back to Geek Universe as we wrap things up with 
some audience Q&A from our recent First Friday live show at the St. Louis Science Center. One of the really cool things about the First Fridays is they have all these different activities and events going on throughout the evening. And we actually had somebody in the audience who participated in the uh, kind of find your path with the force activity where they tell you if you are going to be on the light side or the dark side of the force. And it was kind of funny because this couple, one of them was on the light side and one of them was on the dark. Hi, how are Oh, you're, oh, you're part of the dark side. Yes, I, apparently we're split down the middle as far as our proclivities. Um, so how's that going to work out when you go home? Right? I know. He's got the light side. It's the dark side. It's like Kylo and Ray. Right. Uh-oh. Toddler in the middle. <laughs> so, so what's your name? Letty. What's your question or comment? So, uh, read all the books growing up, so fairly familiar with a lot of the fan literature around it. My concept of Jedi being that that certain people have a greater connectivity to the Force. Um, you see at the end of the movie that little kid reach out his hand, little broom to him, right? Awesome moment, right? I missed him. My husband had to tell me about it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Rewind the theater. <laughs> so my question is, and, and frustration was that if the Jedi go away, then you have the people like Ray saying, there is something inside me that's awake now. I need to know what to do with it. So this concept of the Jedi, I just couldn't connect to the Jedi need to die, they need to go away. Then what are you going to do with all of these people who are are force adept or however you want to call it, who do need to be... who do need to be trained and so what what are your thoughts on that like where can they go with this because undeniably unless you're going to completely toss that out the window that like everyone has the force so then no one's more talented than anyone anyway so that they're all slayers it's like buffy i thought for about three different times while she was making her question that we were going to veer into midichlorian territory very quickly, and I was just going to be like, no midichlorians. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of what I was getting to with my last question to you guys about the Jedi and the Force and everything. Like, to me, it feels like that was part of Rey's training in a way, that that Luke is is not telling her there, there can't be Jedi, or that you're not a Jedi. It's just, I don't think it's a good idea that there be Jedi. Me personally, as Luke Skywalker, I screwed it up. I'm I'm owning it. I made some mistakes along the way. I just like just like Obi-Wan said, just like Qui-Gon thought that he could teach somebody. You know, the Jedi made a bunch of mistakes over the years. And you know, the Luke was basically saying, it's it's not good that I'm the sole arbiter of the Jedi at this point, because I clearly have screwed up, but if you want to be a Jedi, go ahead. You make, make the Jedi what you want it to be for you, and then that's kind of my gut feeling as to where he he's going with it, and... There's probably going to be some more scenes with Luke and Ray 
in episode nine where he kind of explains that to her. Yes, as a force ghost. What do you guys think about that? Uh, let me just go ahead and ask your question. Well, I, that, that clarified the question for me. Um, what you just said, I'm like, that, that was my question. Yeah. If, you, if there are still force adept people, how can you universally say there are no more people who have that talent? I, and so that's where, yeah. That was and it, I, it's, I saw it as the opposite. Now that the, the, the legend of Luke has spread to these small children, now that there is hope, and they, they realize that that, you know, the kid grabbing the broom, he now realizes what, what that is. Yeah. Maybe he didn't know that that's the force. But now that these stories are starting up, you know, the, 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 you saw the little... Uh, They're playing with action figures. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> I mean, they basically... Statue, whatever they were. Kenner had made it yeah. to Canto Bite, and yeah. they were selling trinkets. I, that's kind of what I took from it, was that um, because they talk about the spark of rebellion it had gone out, it's reignited. I see that as a parallel to the Jedi. The the light of the Jedi had been, almost been extinguished, and now Rey is carrying on that, and maybe it's her seeking out other Jedi or Jedi right. seeking her out. And not not to harp on how much I gosh darn love Rogue One, which God do I love Rogue One, but. One of one of my favorite characters in Rogue One is Chirrut Imwe, because he is somebody who, again, getting back to my fascination with some of these characters being parallels to us as fans, like he's somebody who doesn't have any sort of connection to the Force at all, like zero midichlorian count in this dude. But 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 he loyal to it. he yeah. believes everything about the Jedi and it's almost like he wants to be a Jedi, but he doesn't have the force ability. So he has every other cool part of being a Jedi without the force. And I kind of like the fact that there was a character like that and that there were probably other people that were like that during a period in the star Wars universe when the Jedi were gone. And the, the idea that, even though there aren't official Jedi out there, there are still going to be people that believe in the tenets of the light side of the Force and are going to do their best to be Jedi. It's kind of cool to me. Yeah, I think to go along with your question also, there's if, if you look at several, even if you look at the, the three films we don't discuss, um, it's clear that the core curriculum at the Jedi Academies, whether it's Luke's or, or Yoda's, it, it doesn't work, right? It, it's, 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 it's not helping anybody. And it's also clear that when you get someone like, like why does Luke leave his training? He's got cho- to choose between commitment and his friends, right? So he picks his friends, and Yoda's like, no, 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 that'll open up dark side issues and you'll never recover. Why does Rey question her abilities because she's waiting for these mythological parents, right, that she's been waiting for forever and ever. So when the Force, if the Force calls to you, if you're one of those Force-prone people, right, that's a terrible, terrible burden. It's like being gifted. It's not something you really wish on people because there's a huge issue there. People expect more of you. You've got to save the world, you know, uh, and we, and it's, uh, Darth Vader is the greatest example, right, probably. So a lot of the, what, the, the changes that we're making here when we're saying, oh, we're getting rid of the Force, or we're getting rid of the Jedi, we're not getting rid of the Jedi, we're getting rid of that idea that, that there's any formal training way to find yourself and be comfortable with it. Because look at who's strong with the Force. Yoda, right, who is, is never reckless, ever, 
right? Or Maz, we hear she's very strong with the Force, right? She's a calm, relaxed figure. She's wise. She looks at people. There's all kinds of wonderful fan theories about the two of them. Yoda and Maz, <laughs> have you seen that stuff? They're supposed to be together. It's Oh, there's oh, yo, just Google it and you'll laugh your head off. There's wonderful fan cartoons. It's very lots of fun. <laughs> right. Lots of slash fiction yeah, and, yeah, and it's all and none of it's none of it's uh-huh. pervy or anything. It's all normal. Um, <laughs> thank, thank goodness. You're right. But there's that's the idea. Is that it's really about confidence, right? Which Ray desperately lacks, which Luke desperately Desperately lacks, right? Um, which is why Yoda and Maz and, and we, we won't even talk about Anakin and his lack of self-confidence. So uh, that's really where it kind of comes from, I think. So maybe that's where we're going. Anyway, okay. but I can't, I can't wait for more. I want to see. You've been listening to another exciting episode of Geek Universe with Jimmy Elton. Find out more about every corner of the Geek Universe including previous episodes, dates for our live appearances, and theme merchandise including Trivia Thunderdome t-shirts from Jim's book, The Swindlers of Doom, at geekuniverseshow.com. You can also find Geek Universe with Jim Yelton at facebook.com slash 30 minutes of geek, or on Twitter using the Twitter handle, at 30 minutes of geek. Geek Universe with Jim Yelton is a production of Midnight Entertainment, LLC. This episode is copyright 2017, or rights reserved. Well, kids, that's all you get. That's it. Wait up.